0: back to auto off topic how are you doing tonight brad
1: i am good that was a very uh uh interesting intro you said there auto off topic i like it it's very yeah, little different to the point this is point i like it what's new andrew what's new what's good uh let's see i did a, a track night i think i All talked right. about it
0: real quick um in the g20 if you want to get right into that or uh, yeah yeah. So, you know, typical, it was, uh, it's, it's April and, uh, it's either for SCCA event. I was saying it's either uh, cold and rainy or hot and humid. So it was cold and rainy. Um, but it was the first one of the year for track night. I think I've seen a couple other people doing track days already at Thompson, uh, Speedway down in Connecticut, but this was the first uh, SCCA one. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. I haven't, I was looking forward to it because I haven't gotten to really do anything. And, uh, I don't,
1: I don't think it's fair for you to blame the SCCA for it either being cold and rainy or hot and humid. I I, mean,
0: I mean, I feel like that's usually the way these events go.
1: Yeah, but that's just New England.
0: Uh, Okay.
1: Yeah. It's not the SCCA's fault. You just live in the region with the, the, those are the two kinds of weather you have there. Yes. It's not
0: much in between.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. There's like six days where it's not one or the other of that. So mm. they have to be pretty deft on planning their events.
0: It actually, uh, it was like on and off. So it made it a little tricky and you had to be kind of careful, but by the end it was perfectly dry, which is cool. And they, it, it kind of worked out that it's an afternoon event because it was like downpouring in the morning. Right. And then, uh, yeah, they did send out like track dryers to like blow stuff well, off. Well, you guys aren't like some mamby pamby NASCAR drivers. A little bit of rain's not going to stop you. If they're on a road course, they run in the rain. That's true. Oh yeah, we can we can get to that uh, dirt race too.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get there eventually. But successful uh, successful. Track yeah. Day? Uh, did you win?
0: I I won because the car is in one piece and I drove perfect. Home. I drove there and drove home. Yeah, it's uh, usually a pretty good sign. I mean, there were some people that had. Uh, there was a guy with a Miata. I don't know what happened. He was he got towed off track, and he and the um, wheel was missing. I don't know if he broke okay. studs or the wheel broke, but I was like, oh, that's a bummer.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's not driving home.
0: No, no, they they pulled him out to the front. And he was waiting for a tow truck. So,
1: yeah, not exactly what you want in your track day. It's supposed to be like casual fun. Not competitive, not crashative.
0: Well, I think he had a mechanical issue. Uh, okay. The car was not, like, the nicest Miata. And mm-hmm. I don't know what the the wheels were, like. I don't know. Like, kind of weird aftermarket wheels I've never seen before. So,
1: maybe so some broke. Just cheap car. So, cheap wheel that wasn't uh, up to track day duties.
0: Yeah. Yeah, people don't realize you're... The wheels get like flexed. There's a lot of force to the wheels, especially with sticky tires,
1: mm-hmm. and uh, you gotta have a good wheel. Yeah, especially on a track day.
0: Yeah. But yeah, no, the car is good. Um, I did. I'm sticking with intermediate class because most of the people are better at the point buys, and it's restricted passing to passing zones. If you move up to advanced. It's open passing, which is a little nerve-wracking. And most people are pretty good about if you come up on them, they'll let you pass. Or if they come up on you, they kind of hang back a little bit. And when there's a passing zone, you just let them go. Because you kind of, once people realize that you're good at giving point buys, like you're paying attention, they're usually fine with it. Uh, Except there's like, there was like one or two people that are like being really annoying about it. Uh, one guy was like totally riding my bumper, like just too aggressive, like way too aggressive. Like, dude, if we, if I make one mistake in front of you, you're into the back of me or into my yeah, side. That, would, that wouldn't be good. It's like super annoying. Like there's no need for that. Like d- go do the advanced class. If you want to just pass
1: wherever you want to pass. Yeah. Yeah. The other problem with the advanced class and being in your car is you'd have to be on the mirror all the time because your car you know, it's not a brand new Camaro SS. Like, it's not going to be fast in the straights, and you're going to get people catching you often. And if you're in open passing zone, you're going to have to like be worried about them passing you where they're not supposed to, or where it's not safe. Whereas, with point buys and passing zones, you have a little less of a issue. I have I have more control over it because the
0: the speed difference is huge. There's no, and mm-hmm. uh, the there was like Miata's running in advanced class, but they're also on like R comps. Uh, so yeah, it, car- listen. I'm carrying carrying out way more speed.
1: Count. It's definitely faster than a G20 on Summers. Yeah, no question. Yeah,
0: I just have 300 treadwear tires. I definitely want to move to a 200 treadwear, uh, like a Zenus, for multiple laps. Just something that's slightly stickier would be a little right. more fun. And I can carry more Well, and more the speed. other issue,
1: you, the other issue dealing with is you have like 120 horsepower, and some of these new Corvettes and Camaros me. and
0: 140.
1: I apologize. had one hundred and forty, when new, now it has about one hundred and twenty. Now it's got one hundred thousand miles on it. No, it's in, it's um, in quite good shape. I know. I am just. I didn't know what the actual horsepower rating was. I am actually surprised it's one hundred and forty. I thought it was a yeah. little less.
0: Twin cam, man. I think your I think your four G 63 twin cam non turbo is like one hundred and forty, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's one hundred and forty or one hundred and fifty, something like that. Yeah.
0: So, two liter twin cam, about the same,
1: same era. And, um, yeah,
0: but like... It would probably be fun to have them on track together, actually. It would be very fun to do, like, lead fall. I mean, it was yeah. funny because at one point, a guy in, like, in... I think a 2 Series, an M2? Mm, or maybe not. I don't know what it was. It was a... It was an MBMW, but I'm lost on the new ones. It's not the newest one,
1: but not, like... Well, there was an M2, and there's also a like 200 something, a 235M or something, which is not an M.
0: It had pretty good body flares, dual tip exhaust, like quad tips, M badges on it, big brakes. I don't know. He was just like feeling it out. Like I caught him through the straight or through the corners. He let me pass. And then I was leading him most of the time. He would definitely catch me on the straights.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's. But he wasn't car,
0: looking to pass. So we kind of ran a couple laps like that. And then I was like, all right, I think you want to go faster now. You kind of can see you can go faster. So I let him go by. But but yeah, that's kind of right. fun when you get with someone and, and just do that.
1: Uh, yeah, somebody who seems to, like, get your flow.
0: Yeah, and the other thing, the other annoying thing. So the, the guy, the one guy's, like, riding my bumper. Most of the laps... I didn't have anybody around me like there's not really there's no reason to be that aggressive about it. It's not a lemons race or something. You yeah. just I'll let you by and then you're you're gone. And then it's like just lay off a little bit. And even when you're that's the thing, like a couple times because I was annoyed with this person, I was letting him pass in the front straight, which is twenty two hundred feet long. Now, normally, if I let you pass, I'm going to let off the throttle so it's easier for you to go by sure but like he's trying to pass me on the straight i was like well i'm gonna do full throttle i'll point you by and i'll give you space but you can see how much not that fast you
1: are than me so it's like right stop being annoying yeah i still i still haven't done a track day so i'm a little annoyed that i haven't done it yet but i'll get there
0: yeah it seems uh, like so much fun it's really fun i blew a hole in the muffler like I, I mean, like a, it was already started, probably on its way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It had some rust flakes on it, but I didn't think it was that bad. And I, uh, you know, you're wearing a your helmet and I started up for the last thing, you know, your helmet kind of kills the sound I'm starting out for the last session. So it's three 20 minute sessions, which it's an hour of seat time. That's, it's pretty good. It was like, I was like, I think this car's louder. <laughs> like revving it, I'm like it's definitely louder. Now it's a race uh, car. Now it's
1: 155 horsepower, 145 yeah, horsepower. There was
0: a lot of back pressure there. Now there's none. Yeah. Um but it it was uh it's kind of it was kind of drony on the way home, but around town it sounds really good.
1: It yeah. probably sounds like the Mirage used to when the muffler blew out of it.
0: Well the little... <laughs> it depends. Like when the flex pipe was broken, the Mirage was a little ridiculous.
1: Well, no, that was just so... broken. But there was a time when the muffler rotted out of it like that, and it had like a nice little it sounded like a sport tuned exhaust almost. Yeah. But droned on the highway.
0: Yeah. It's got a little burble and pop on overrun. Um, so I got to figure out what to do to make that sound good, but with not broken parts.
1: And not a drone.
0: Yeah. On the highway. I, I did look up, I was like, well, that started me down a path. Like a, a stainless four to one header for that car. Sure. With a midpipe, because the midpipe's actually not in that great of shape on it. Uh, you know, it's rusty is like 140 bucks. So you might as well do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, catback with a high flow cat is a little more money, but it's this company in California that apparently just builds them all for Nissan's. Like that's all this guy does. Is it it's less than, than
1: grand? a grand? Yes. Then you're fine. Uh,
0: yeah. Because I figured if I bought all the parts and then did all the welding myself, I'd probably be at the same amount. Yep and he's
1: just using or you, you might not be the same amount but you'd be by the time you were done welding it you'd have a day and a half into it yeah exactly I guess and you, you don't have benders and you'd have to be doing multiple welds to make bends and yeah if you can get a whole bolt-on set up for you know a few hundred dollars i think it's probably worth your time
0: i'll send you the youtube video i found of it, it the video of it is actually on a 95 green g20 it's a three inch but it sounds pretty good. No, it's that too seems big. It's awful big. Yeah. It's, it's way too big. He'll he'll build it as a two and a half, which is what I would do. But even the three inch does not sound overly loud, and it, it has like a re, it has an eighteen inch MagnaFlow resonator in it. Yeah. And then the and then the MagnaFlow muffler, and it'll do a single tip or twin tips.
1: Which you want twin tips, obviously.
0: I don't know. It's we gotta look at. I'll I'll send you a picture. We'll I'll get your opinion on because it. it's only got a little oval cut out in the bumper, that might twin not tip. be big enough for twin tips. Twin
1: tip the world. I got to
0: email the guy and ask him because he doesn't have a picture of what they look like.
1: Well, it's a Nissan. So you have the heritage to stack them on top of each other.
0: Uh, I could. I could probably ask him to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'll be different. So I'm into it. Yeah, I'll probably order that in the next couple months because the car needs a sticker in July and I won't get a sticker with a big hole in the muffler, even though it's not that yeah. loud.
1: Yeah, it gives you time to get to there. So, yeah, I've been I've been told to do a four into one header on the Eclipse too. That's always who used to a non uh, non turboid four G that just that setup with the stock catback like wakens awakens the car so much. Yeah, um, and it makes it sound way better even with the stock catback. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, feel, I, feel I may eventually do that because they're also it's also like dumb jeep for one with that car mm-hmm. so I may want to do that as well
0: and then I'm seriously considering uh, running silver Enki 92's on it as street wheels and then just making those 8 spokes throwing the track tires on those because I could also swap those to the Glant.
1: Right, I like track we're... tires in the Enki's
0: I don't like them because they're bright silver and hard to clean
1: which is why I wouldn't want
0: to run them daily that's exactly why I want to run them daily. Because when you run them daily, with a good pad, they don't really dust. Okay. When you running them on the track, they dust like crazy because you're way harder on the
1: brakes. Well, I, I, I support um, Silver Enki 92s. Uh, I'm actually going to be... That might even be this weekend's project, restoring the ones that are on the Starion. Because they're going to go on one of the other cars for a while. So.
0: Yeah, because then the problem, too, is when you've... Got really hot wheels and a lot of brake dust. Like I've noticed. Yeah, burns do it. Yeah, even on my like white wheels, they're kinda of, kinda of stuck to them a little bit. I had to really yep. work at it to get it out. So
1: I've heard of a lot of people doing like ceramic coatings and stuff on their wheels now, supposedly. It makes it easier to get the the dust yes, off.
0: And I will probably I've got wheels to switch over.
1: Let's, let's cut.
0: Go away. anyway Pod
1: podcasts interruption uh, yeah.
0: enjoying herself in a shipping box uh, doing cat things so yeah uh, I've got a bunch of wheels to switch because I haven't done that yet and I will probably throw some of my ceramic spray stuff I've been using on the cars on the wheels before I throw them on right but but yeah yeah
1: I've I've been just trying to I'm, I'm having like a a huge moment of frustration and trying to figure out what to do with the wheels and tire situation. Um, On what? On everything. I have those. We're kind of getting into a weird thing here. Maybe not have time for it yet, but I have. You have too many wheels and you don't know what to do with
0: them? I don't understand. No, What's I have the just the right amount
1: of wheels. I'm just curious which, what way to run them. Um, What's the crisis? <laughs> They're just wheels. You just try them around. Yeah, I guess you're right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Right? It's
1: like. Well, I want to change the wheels on the blue Cressida because they're the rotas. And I don't care about like rotas on a daily driver. I think they're just fine. I just, I don't want to have a set of rotas on like my nice like show car. Right. Um, Just because it's, you know, it's a show car and it doesn't do track days or anything and it doesn't get driven every day. So it doesn't need the cheap wheels on it, you know? And I love the way they look, but I can't afford a set of real Hayashi streets. At the moment in time, so
0: stop, stop buying broken Hondas.
1: I still wouldn't be able to buy a set of real Hayashi streets, and we'll get to that in a minute. That Honda is not going to be broken probably through this weekend anymore because I have all the parts. Um, so I was going to think about running those 14 inch um spit Modenas on the 79 car, right? The 8 car. Because I think that they're going to fit the style of the wheel pretty well. A style of the car. Yeah. And then I was like, well, that means that I could take the rotas that are on that car and throw them on the 81. That's a daily. Just because it's a work. daily in their rotas. Then I was like, you know it would be cool? If I took those Anki's that are on the Starion and cleaned them up and painted the faces silver because they're black. Right. And a bright silver face on those would look really good also on the 81. So, I'm not sure what I want to do yet, but some wheels will be changing around. Or I'll just run the 14s. It's Fit Modern is on the 81 for now and call it a day. But, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm trying to figure out what to do. My big thing is I really want to change out the wheels on the blue Cressida. Mm-hmm. Just because it's it's simply for aesthetics. It's... I love the look of the wheels that are on there. I just, I can't do Listen, like,
0: I, I get it. It's yeah. We've, we say it all the time. It's the easiest way to change the look of a car. Yeah. I purely changed the ones in the Talon because I was just sick of the ones I had. And it's a totally different car.
1: Right. And that's why I might change them again
0: with the Cressida. And <laughs> also it's it.
1: also because there's that, like that secret shame in the vintage Japanese car world of running a set of rotos in your car is just kind of a, it's it's like you know it's a scarlet letter. It shouldn't have them. Should have something cooler.
0: I guess. I mean, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, they're not like bad it,
0: wheels. Uh, they get a no.
1: Picture. They're they're not bad wheels, but the problem is is that they're they're cheap copies of something else. Yeah, and I think that's the issue. If they weren't a copy of something else, if they were their own design, I wouldn't have as much of an issue with it. Yeah, because they're actually I think, made well. Yeah, I think my issue is that they're. They're a fake version of something. It'd be like wearing a fake designer shoes or something. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I was considering
0: really... Rota slips for track wheels because they're just track wheels.
1: Yeah. And that'd be perfect for track wheels because they're simple, easy to clean. They're five spokes and they're light. on. They're done. Yeah. We and just cheap, couldn't find so them in the right bolt pattern and size you were looking for.
0: Yeah. Like so, don't, they like don't make them anymore or something. It's weird or they're
1: not available mm-hmm. in the United States. So I'll figure out what I got to do, but we'll get to my project cars in a minute. You can finish up with your stuff successful so uh, that track works. day, other than blowing out a muffler, that's good. Yeah, uh, I'll I probably rotate do so the
0: tires for the next one. Um, that's the other reason why I don't want to like those are good street tires, but I'm gonna have to, like running through them in like two years. Like, yep. I'm get like two seasons out of them and have like only put like 3,000 miles on them. So that's kind of annoying. So it'd be yeah. nicer to have a, a dedicated set of track tires. Yeah, I get that. But uh, Again,
1: that's... having never done a track day, I don't get it completely, but I'll get there.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they do any in the Phoenix area. That's kind of Oh, there's a ton. Just not with the SCA, just different groups.
1: No, there's a uh, track night in America, it doesn't here. Oh, there is? I think it's track night in America, yeah. I looked it up not that long ago and there's a whole there's a whole grouping of them. They run them.
0: There's literally always some sort of coupon. So before you sign up for one, like look for a coupon or ask me. Right. Uh, And it's like 25, 30 bucks off.
1: Yeah. No, there's a bunch right here in Phoenix, which is only like 20 minutes from the house. Yeah. Which is definitely nice. But there's also a bunch in Southern California too, which is not a huge, like, it'd be like a weekend event, you know? Um, But yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty of them around. I definitely want to do it. And, you know, the Eclipse is the perfect car for it. Just. Not while I'm dailying it at the moment. I need to finish yeah, some other stuff before I can.
0: And, and I'm not it. doing them like every weekend or every week. I'm doing them like once a month. Yeah, kind of no, makes I,
1: sense. Yeah. It's like well, I just I, once a month. I'm dailying the eclipse right now, so I don't want to do something like that on a car that I'm requiring to get to and from work. So it would. I'll. Uh, be fine. It would likely be fine, but I'll just wait until I have a secondary vehicle for that so getting into my project car stuff yeah the 81 Cressida is uh one more step closer to being done it has all the fuel lines in the car um everything is in there it's all ready to go I haven't put the tank in yet because I was not trusting the old seals there's like a rubber gasket that goes on the sending unit and the level sender and the drain on the bottom. So I last night did a bunch of like a fuel safe gasket maker on, on top of the rubber seals hmm. just to make sure that it would stay sealed just because they're old hard rubber. And I just, you know, I replaced literally everything. So I don't want to take the risk that that's going to be my problem. So I went ahead and I can do it while it's out of the car. It would be a pain once it's in the car. So I decided that uh, I'll take care of that. But now I can't put fuel in it until it's sat for 24 hours. So we're recording tonight, so I probably won't do it tonight. And that'll be my Friday night project to fill the car with fuel and fire it up. And uh, proof positive that everything works, hopefully. Uh, I did get the new fuel pump in. It's uh, an external pump. It's not in tank. So that's all installed. It's uh, plumbed in and all wired up. I did hit the key real fast just to make sure it did click on, and it does, so that's good. Um, everything's ready to go, and there's nothing holding me back from filling it with fuel, and tomorrow, give it an old crank over and start. So, cool. Yeah, that should be, if all goes according to plan, I should be able to at least drive it around the block on Friday night or Saturday. Nice. So, that's that's exciting because that means I can move on to the next step and finish cleaning and detailing the interior and do a tune up on it and make sure the transmission works good and then go through the shocks and struts and the car doesn't need a lot. So as long as the transmission works, cause you know, we have proof positive the engine works. So as long as the transmission works and the cooling system is up to snuff, then uh, it legitimately shouldn't be much time to be on the road. So I know it needs shocks and struts cause they are blown to bits uh but that's yeah not only is the shock itself blown you bounce the back of the car and it bounces for days but you can see where there's zero bushings left in them either so huh. you just kind of bounce around
0: how many miles are in the car 120 uh, all right and then years yeah age age yeah it's an
1: 81 it's is, old is it old just I am.
0: like it's a live rear axle so just a regular shock with two eyelets
1: uh it's an eyelet in the bottom and a nut on top. All right. So that shouldn't be too that should still be available. Like somebody
0: should have something that fits it.
1: Well, it's fairly universal. Yeah. Um the one thing that most guys do and I'll probably wind up doing is <clears throat> cut <clears throat> some springs <clears throat> out of the car. And instead of putting the factory shock size back in, they use ones from a third gen Camaro. Oh yeah. Alright. Because it's the same shape top and bottom, all but it's a right, shorter right, stroke. All right. Yeah. But it's a shorter stroke, so you don't have to worry about blowing out the right. the shocks with the lowering ones. So we'll party out back. Yeah, and it's not a um the the rate the it's not a progressive rate spring, so if you chop a couple of coils out of it, it's not the end of the world. So yeah. chop a couple of coils out of it, put a new shock on there, and be good as new, and it'll be low and cool for free. So cool. That's what most Cresto guys do. Um, same with the front and do new strut inserts that are shorter. I forget what exactly it is maybe MR2 or something. I think I read about, hmm. I'd have to reread it, uh, but it's the cheap, quick, dirty way to do it. Um, I can buy a bunch of nice parts, which I might eventually do down the road. Uh, T3 makes everything for the car. Techno toy tuning, techno toy tuning, which is the same setup that's in the blue car they make the whole shebang front and rear for that car from the panhard bar to the adjustable coil in the front. So maybe eventually I'd do that, but I think for now I'm just going to chop the springs out of it, put some new shocks in it and run it. So make it look cool. Be a teenager, you know, it's all good. It'll be fine. It's not a track car. No, it'll, it'll work. I mean, honestly, the suspension in the, Sapporo and the Blue Colt is exactly the same. Just cut springs and run it, and they're fine. I would never recommend heating springs, but cut springs are fine. So, yeah,
0: get out the old uh, cutoff wheel. Yep.
1: Same one I used for cutting open the uh, compression fittings in the fuel lines. Hmm. It'll work just fine. <laughs>
0: Isn't that a cool but. trick?
1: Yeah, it works really well. I don't know if we talked about that, but I used that same trick you used on a Montero because you couldn't get those fuel lines. And, you know, you cut that compression fitting off and has a standard, like, hose nipple under there. Yep. Put a, you know, a fuel, uh, fuel injection clamp over it and you're good, good to go. I mean, I wouldn't use it on, like, a modern car with direct injection and, you know, 3,000 PSI, but on an 81 Cressida with a 38 PSI fuel pump, I think I'll be fine. Uh, you'll be perfectly fine. Yeah. Montero's so. been just fine. Yeah, Ron, no, I, Ron, I'm, I'm excited. Ron's,
0: sterian has gone many miles.
1: Yes, it's leaving again this weekend to go to Austin, Texas, Radwood, which I am not going to, too much to my great shame and upsetness. I just, it came up too fast, and I didn't think about it, and I got too much stuff to do here, and... Last minute, I was like, "Screw it! I'll buy some plane tickets and go hang out with them," but it's just not going to happen. So, I'll use the I'll use the time wisely and get a bunch of stuff done here. Yeah, so, I'm curious as to how Radwood's going to go because it's the first Radwood since the Haggerty buyout. So we'll see. We get the report back from Ron of how everything went down there. So anyway, um, Blue Colt Project Car down date update. I overheated again. Man, that's what that car does. Tail as old as time, right? I thought yeah. I had it pretty much knocked, but something's happening again on the highway, and I don't know what. It's literally been fine for what three years now. I guess <laughs> it hasn't overheated in a very long time. It's. Weird, um, but then I, I don't know. You gotta like. Again.
0: You can cut in uh, a little sending unit to go under the hose. Put in an auxiliary coolant gauge,
1: yeah, temp gauge
0: and maybe figure out if it's actually overheating or if it's just the gauge being
1: weird. Oh, no, it's definitely overheating. Oh, it smelled hot. It was overheating. No, the coolant bottle popped off again and there was steam coming out heavily from um, the overflow hose. Okay. Oh, yeah, it definitely overheated. But that's part know. of the reason that it overheats is because the gauge is wonky, so I always ignore it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's a weird
0: flow issue or something. or
1: It's just a weird enigma. It doesn't happen for years, and all of a sudden it's an issue. And the car is fine around town. It's only on the highway after an extended period of time. I can go 15, 20 miles in the highway. It's after, like, mile 23 where it's like, nope, now we're going to get hot. Yeah, I don't so, know, because I, I think we did a water pump on it, too. I Literally have done a radiator, all of the lines, flushed everything out, a hundred times and a water pump and everything and there's, there's, there's no old components in the cooling system save for the heater core but we've proven that's not clogged by flushing fluid through it yeah. so literally everything is new There's it just doesn't make any sense and again it hasn't been an issue until all of a sudden it's an issue So I haven't fixed it yet. Um, I mean, I I fixed it in the side of the road, just like last time. It's funny because it happened and I was in the highway and that was one exit from where I was going. I was like, crap, I got to pull over. So I pulled off and just happened to be in a Walmart right there at that exit. So I was like, oh, perfect. I can go in there and get water and stuff to top this thing off with. And I'm sitting there waiting for it to cool off. And then I said, you know what? This thing just overheated two weeks ago. There's two bottles of coolant and two gallons of water in the floor in the back. (laughs) I could have broken down anywhere and been fine. So I dumped a half a gallon of water in it and uh, got back on the highway, went one more exit, and everything was fine. I got to the event that I was going to because people were there, like, waiting for me. Um, Was it 4 till 4? It was 4 till 4 on a Saturday morning. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't even hot out, it was probably 60 something degrees. So I got there hung out there for a while and then I drove the car home and I just took surface streets and everything was fine never overheated it's taking surface streets it's like a full 45 minutes on surface streets probably 45 to an hour almost and car never overheated once got home shut it down put it back in the put it back in the side yard threw a cover over it and said well I'll take care of this in the week next weekend I'll change the oil again Because, again, when your car overheats, your oil becomes your cooling source and your oil gets burnt pretty good. So I don't want to keep rocking that oil. I'll change the oil again. And uh, I'll go through. I'm going to flush all the cooling system out again because again, it's been fine for three years, right? So something weird is happening. So I'll flush it all out again and go from there. And I've determined at what point the gauge now does read too high because it reads super hot and it's fine. Um, But when it reads like Super duper hot. That's when I have an issue. When the gauge, when the gauge at the, yeah, when the gauge is at the top of the red zone, I have literally taken a, you know, infrared thermometer, and the upper radiator hose is 190 degrees, and the bottom radiator hose is 190 degrees in the top of the red zone. So that's why when it gets to the top of the red zone, I don't panic because I know it's 190. Oh, that's so weird. When it goes beyond the top of the red zone, meaning like you said, it gets turned to 11. That's when the car is too hot. Weird. Yeah. So because I've always, I've no, I know that like the car runs between a half when you first started up and the top of the red zone, which is the operating range. It's obviously wrong, but that's the operating range of the gauge. And it's something in the gauge. I've changed the sender out, you know, three times. So, but when it goes beyond the top of the red zone, that's when you got a problem. So I don't know what the full sweep of the gauge is. I don't know how far it went from there, but I do know that it was it was beyond the top of the red zone, and I pulled over, and I heard the same weird noise as last time, which was the coolant bottle rubbing against the um, cooling fan on the alternator. So just need to figure it out. What I really need to do is disassemble the whole car and put an NA4G in it, but that's not a, uh, yeah a time. That's not a, 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 now project. That's a, when everything else is done project. The car that runs mostly fine. I'm not going to take a right now, but yeah, I don't understand. Can't quite figure it out. Not going to worry about it right now. I'll just run it around town or if I go on the highway and keep an eye on it. And even the day that it died, like I literally drove it to work that day. I drove it all the way to work in the morning the first time and it was doing the same route home when it overheated on the highway so it's a dumb mystery that i can't quite figure out it's really weird yet i keep buying colts that's a really weird you problem yeah i, I didn't say that cuz i bought any more i didn't i promise <laughs> um other project the honda uh, we actually scored a new cylinder head that somebody had rebuilt and put on the car for a very short period of time and the car got totaled. So I have an almost zero mile cylinder head that I got for a very cheap price. So that car i will be put together hopefully pretty soon as well. So all good things happening in the project car front. So then I'll have that for a daily and I'll be able to Maybe do a track day in the Eclipse. There you go. Yeah. Once I get wheels for the Eclipse, because I definitely cannot do it in the factory wheels.
0: Nope.
1: Um. Any other project car updates? I haven't done much else. I've pretty much just been working on the on the yellow Cressida. Well, kind of beige Cressida, I guess. I mean, so. that was
0: a lot of stuff, so it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I haven't. Again, um, our our friend Jordan, who's been on the podcast a few times, he was talking to us. I don't know a year or two ago, and he was saying like he likes to go outside and do an hour's worth of projects at least each day on a car. You know, just take that unwinding time and do something, and you get a lot done. And uh, I've been kind of living that philosophy lately, and uh, it's amazing how much you get done doing that. Go out, work on something for an hour or more if you have the time, but if you don't, give yourself that hour and Mm -hmm. before you know it, at the end of the week, that's five hours of time working on something, you know, and that's, you get a lot done in that time. So when we finish this podcast, I'm gonna go outside and I'm gonna finish buttoning up some more of the bolts on the, on that car. So there'll be less to do on Saturday. And that's, that's really what it is. If you spend that hour doing something, when you get to your big project time, you have all those annoying little things are already done. And those annoying little things all take up time from the big projects. So, you know, we all work 40 hour weeks and then we have to also factor in like family time and sleep time. We don't always have tons of time to work on cars. So it's nice to get that little bit of, little bit of time and obviously not living where it's cold helps that too, because I can just go outside whenever. It's a tried and true method. I dig it. I like it. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it for uh, Project Cars for me.
0: Cool. So speaking of track days, uh, what did you think of that dirt race? Bristol?
1: It was better than last year. I thought so too. And last um, year was good.
0: I was entertained. I don't know. It was like, it's just like sports radio. You You see all the people that complain about it after the fact.
1: I didn't see Jeez. a lot of complaining about it. I mean, I saw a couple of drivers that complained about it, but they're whiny. Um, most of the drivers had a good time. It's fun to watch. It was oh, cool mean, to watch of the, the next gen cars.
0: A lot of the drivers come from a dirt, dirt. background, so Yeah. <laughs> like your local short track is going to be dirt. <laughs> yep. And uh, Yeah,
1: it's it's fun to watch. I mean, it's it becomes almost a drift event.
0: <laughs> oh, it was really
1: cool. That was awesome. Yeah, cars are always sideways, some, which is cool. some
0: awesome pictures that came out of it, too.
1: Some great still shots, some great motion shots. There was some good passing. You know, the cars aren't doing the same speed they're normally doing, so there wasn't a lot of big pile-ups. Um, but even the they last, were talking,
0: talking about on the commentators, that the, these composite bodies, the, the cars can, like... Yeah, hey, they can bump some, and bang a little they, now. They can take some bumping and banging. Yeah, and, they and the, used to bump the and the bang and cut a tire. Fall off. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, it's much it's much more relaxed now for that. Uh unfortunately Kyle Busch won, but it was a, a pretty good battle right to the end. I think the last 10 laps were super exciting because you had I was it Chase Briscoe. Briscoe?
0: I, thought, I thought Chase Briscoe was going to get that. He yeah. Fast. I mean, how many what? he went to the back twice and came back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you had Tyler Reddick and Chase Briscoe at the end and Reddick was leading the race up until the last lap. But was it Reddick in the front? It was Redick in the front and Briscoe behind him, right? Redick was in the front. Yeah. So Reddick was in the front, and you had him leading with 10 laps left. But you were watching the time difference from second place to him, and, and Chase Briscoe was like rapidly closing in. Mm-hmm. And I think if there was one more lap, the whole end of that race would have been different because he came down to literally, literally the last corner. And Chase yeah. Briscoe had this, like, I either have to... Made his move. Go, yeah, I got to go in too hot and hope it works, <laughs> or finish second. Those are my options. So he went in or, too hot and hoped it worked,
0: he finished and it didn't like
1: work. It was, yeah, he finished 10th. The cool thing is, is that um, Reddick still finished second. Nice. So, Redick, so obviously, Briscoe went down low, came in too hot, slid up the track into the side of Reddick. They both spun around. Uh, which allowed Kyle Bush to pass both of them. But the fact that Reddick got back on the fuel, back on the gas fast enough that he got back out onto the track and up to speed enough to get to the finish line before third place did, he still finished second. Which, if Briscoe had pulled that move off, Reddick would have been second anyway. And if Briscoe hadn't pulled that move off, then, you know, he wouldn't have been a good race guy driver. So I was wondering how the post race was going to go. Especially after the they big, uh, cool each other. yeah, but the big race, the the Comcast race, the week before, there was a big fight between two drivers afterwards. Um, so I was like, uh oh, another fist 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 fight here, but no, they were just like, ah, it's racing. That was fun. <laughs> Sucks, <it> didn't work, <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah, right. And they shook hands and walked away, and I was like, oh, that was cool. So and everybody, obviously, the sponsors even go away happy even with that because the highlight reel shows that over and over and over again. So the cars get tons of TV coverage, even if they don't win. So it was a hell of a race. It was a lot of fun. I am 100%. You know, I think we started saying it last year and we're getting more, more on board with NASCAR, but I am 100% on board this year. I've only missed, like, two of the races. Like, I've actually been, like, a fan and watching it. Mm-hmm. So it was good. I like the brand new stuff. I like that there's more, there's more road courses. I like this dirt track. I mean...
0: I like that they brought Joe Waltrip back. I like they're doing a guest, a commentator yep. every couple of races. Yeah, and it was like he never left. Yeah, that was cool to have him back. From the first it's, boogity, boogity, boogity
1: to the I final was, comment. It was I didn't great.
0: hear him say it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he saw it.
1: No. No. Well, they, they talked about it. I missed the beginning of the race, so. And uh, I didn't hear him say Hot Rod.
0: Ooh, he's got no. bass, Hot Rod. And yeah, <laughs> But... uh I think that's kind the of... A tangent about his hair was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny. Well, it's not funny, but what's fun right now about it is that all of the guys that were, like, big drivers when we were kids are now older, and they're doing the commentary.
1: Yep. So it's like they're still around,
0: and I think that's what's fun about it.
1: Yeah, what else are they going to do? I know, but well, it's... What else like- is Jeff Gordon it- going to do? I'll oh, be a commentator. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it makes it, like, still familiar. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah there's enough
1: there's enough drivers that have been around long enough like you know i come back to nascar i've been gone for so long not watching it and like i feel like kurt and kyle bush were like just starting yeah out of it. they were you know and they're still there and there's some names that are still there that you're like all right all right i get this and then i also found out just yesterday that you know my childhood hero richard petty you know he's still alive um i I was shocked honestly i yeah i I had forgotten he won his first race in 1958 so the man is not young or 1955 or whatever um but he has like an active instagram page that he posts clearly nice and it's just like it's cool that all these names are still 100% involved all these years later that i haven't even thought about so yeah it's cool that a lot of the names haven't changed they're gonna bring Earnhardt Jr. back for the Talladega race. Yep, which I'm stoked for Talladega this year too because the Super Speedway race at Daytona was great. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping Talladega will be too. So yeah, I'm listen. I'm all in. I the the 17 inch or 18 inch wheels, the dog box transmissions, the new cars, the plastic body panels, like the whole thing. It just it makes it makes the race so much more fun. It's I always said NASCAR needs to be more like Australian touring cars and uh, they're kind of on that path so full full support full support speaking of American racing did you see that the Miami Grand Prix is now going to happen again
0: Uh, yeah in passing uh, I guess
1: so I mean, there were a bunch of NIMBYs down in Miami who were trying to get it shut down yeah um, for,
0: lessons from Boston I guess
1: yeah, for, for all their NIMBY reasons, one of which being noise, of course, because obviously the town of Miami, town, notice, the little town, the, the, the little town of Miami. Oh, it's so quiet there. It's such a quiet place. Purpose that machine and quiet. Having race cars during the day is going to interrupt people's sleep schedules. Um, yeah. So that was one of their complaints was noise. So the uh, FIA made a bunch of you know, concessions to build different like sound barriers and stuff, whatever. Um, but the good news is like they had like till today to make their choices and make it happen or not happen. And uh, the, the Grand Prix won. So that means that we have three Grand Prix in the United States this year, which is pretty awesome. Kind of insane. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Actually is Las Vegas this year or next year? Maybe that's next year. I don't know. Maybe I know two Paul this F1, year, maybe three but... next year. Anyway, it's cool. It's cool that it won. You know, I you hear the stuff about it, the whole NIMBY thing happening, and you're you worried for all motorsports, obviously, at that point, because like I think I talked about here a couple of weeks ago, they're shutting down the only drag track in the area here, right, for development. So, well, gross.
0: I say it all the time. Fifteen years ago. There are some racetracks. And if you told me that there would be more racetracks 15 years later in New England, I wouldn't have believed you. Right. And like in the last 15 years, like three or four racetracks have opened, which is yeah, pretty, it's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> like, pretty good.
0: Because, you know, Thompson came back, Palmer was built, Club Motorsport was built, uh, Canaan was built or was came back, restored. I think it was a it was an older track just like thompson reclaimed i guess mm. those didn't exist in 2005
1: yeah no that's true there's a changed changed sphere and maybe it's because the internet brought enough people together that knew they were all into cars and wanted it you know
0: definitely i think definitely and like that track day culture kind of showed yeah. there was a a need for tracks to exist and um I mean, I don't know. It's like a good way to use cars, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, to to no, do it. it's it's it's
1: a responsible way to enjoy your car. You're not doing something dumb on the street. You're out enjoying yourself. So. Anyway, any uh any car news, new car news this weekend, Andrew? Anything special happening? Uh, no.
0: The only funny or kind of weird car news there was a uh, over the weekend up in Maine. There's a coastal town called Bar Harbor. Bar hey, Harbor. Bar Harbor. Bahaba. Uh, and you go up there and a uh, real coastal town, real like touristy. It's kinda close to um Freeport, which is where L. L. Bean is. Mm-hmm. Maybe people have heard of that. Uh Bar they it, and they haven't seen where...
1: the they haven't seen the L. L. Bean boot truck, they should look it up.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, Bar is actually close to uh the first George Bush had a summer home there. Kenny Mugport. Kenny Bunkport. Right. You're right. It's near Bar Harbor, though. It's close. I don't know. It's coastal Maine. It's very pretty. If you ever come up here, coastal Maine, very, very pretty, rocky. Yep. Um, totally different than Woodsman, Maine.
1: It's kind of crazy. But anyway. It's also very different than the coast in New Hampshire or Massachusetts. Like, it's just a whole different yeah. world. Um.
0: Anyway, there's – so, Bar Harbor, a little tourist town. There's an island – like in the Bay. And I guess the, the bar in bar Harbor, I, I didn't know this. I had to look it up. Let me grab it here. Um, it's a sandbar. Yeah. So the bar of bar Harbor uh, at low tide, the namesake to bar Harbor is a sandbar and it reveals itself. And uh, people can, apparently you, it is legal to drive on it because you can go to this little island. Or mm-hmm. lo- mo- pe- mostly people walk on it, um, and I guess like sometimes like people kayak and there's like kayak tours that like drive vans out to pick people up. Okay, and the police are like, oh yeah, people get stuck, but usually they're stuck on the sandbar, which makes it easy to get them unstuck. But Correct. apparently, these people in a 2021 Bronco decided to drive off the sandbar and out into the like flats, which are like if you ever walked in coastal mud flats, they're like. Heavy, sink thick mud. Fun. Yeah, yeah. You, your feet will get stuck. Like you'll lose, yeah. like a your shoe. It's like quicksand. <laughs> yeah, I don't have uh, a better way to describe it. So they're trying to do donuts in this Bronco, and it got stuck. Uh, and the tidal swings are twelve feet mm-hmm. in this area. So naturally, the thing was underwater
1: for like three days. Yeah, it got it went through three cycles of high tide, low tide. Yeah. So this is from
0: the the Bangor Daily News here. Uh, Let's see. Initial attempts to drag the SUV from the mudflops were unsuccessful, so the towing company had to take a more dramatic approach. They sent a salvage team to use airbags. They had to float the vehicle up out of the sand at high tide, and then they floated it as close as they could to the shore. And then when the tide was low again, they went out and actually pulled it out with a flatbed. Clearly, this thing is now totaled. Oh, it's hundred percent totaled.
1: Spent three days in the ocean. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's some <laughs> amazing videos and pictures of it, though.
1: If I'm not uh, mistaken, it was a rental too, was it not?
0: I don't know. It it's a, it was from New Jersey, in order from New Jersey. And um, I figures. So. New Jersey people. Yeah. Uh, Fairly common thing for us, for vehicles to get stuck, Bar Harbor Police Sergeant Doug Burnett said, just gets really muddy. And then he also says, there were no injuries in the incident and there were no plans for any criminal charges or citations.
1: That surprises me.
0: It does surprise me.
1: But I and I don't know that, maybe criminal, but I think the EPA might get involved.
0: Yeah, it says the main Department of Environmental Protection was notified of the incident as a representative this morning was monitoring the recovery.
1: Yeah. So I guess they'll probably check for, you know, coolant and oil and whatnot. But maybe being a brand new car, they might get lucky. Oh, but, well, there's yeah, definitely guess...
0: pictures in the pictures you see a little oil slick, but uh, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> That's definitely not the definition of tread lightly. That is the exact opposite. So,
1: no, I guess they went off the bar and they were trying to do like donuts in the beach. Yeah. That was their plan. So yeah.
0: stay on the bar. Don't go off yeah.
1: the bar with your Bronco.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that
1: Bronco got stuck in the water out there. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. <laughs> you just went into that perfect Maine, New Hampshire mass accent. That was good. It's almost like you still live there. I don't think I can do it that well anymore. I um, oh, was just, of-
0: da- just down Maine out here. I can't believe them uh, people from New Jersey. They were driving their Bronco out there and they got stuck. Yeah
1: yeah yeah can't get there from here taking literally can't get there from here anyway a couple other pieces of automotive news i don't think we touched on it last week but toyota announced a three pedal supra Oh right. that's pretty big news yeah that's um, pretty cool my assumption is that's because nissan was like well we're coming out with a z and it's gonna have three pedals oh, yeah. and we're gonna take all your sales so they were like hold the phone we're going to do this too. So it doesn't make any sense that it wasn't launched that way in the first place, especially since I think BMW had a version of that engine connected to a manual. So strange, but cool yeah, it's coming it's
0: a, out. I think that's an N55.
1: Yeah. It's some N something. I don't know. Some BMW yeah. motor, but the important thing is, is that people who bought the car initially are probably going to be mad. So no, I don't know. Oh, they were told it was never going to happen. Yeah. So,
0: the, I mean, the funny thing is, though, I think like if you buy a GT86, it
1: looks like a baby Supra, kind of.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and for me, it's like that's the car I want.
1: Yeah, I would buy the new GT86 over the Supra, but some people want the power. You know, it's obviously we talk about our 150 horsepower cars here all the time. We're not power hungry people, so. Hey, a lot of people deep. doing track days in BRZs. Great track yep. day cars, especially the new one, probably. Yeah, I mean they're too expensive for me to do a track day in, but you can buy, you can be, you can be into an early, um, BRZ or what were they called, FRS, FRS for for sub ten grand. Mm-hmm. So they're they're out there, something with some miles on it. Um, but yes, it's coming in a six in a in a, in a three pedal. Car now, both the six-cylinder and the four-cylinder. That's cool. So yeah, that's neat to see. Um, what else did I have? Also, the most annoying thing about that new Tesla, that yoke steering wheel. Uh, no. the Tesla Plaid has a yoke steering wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So it's, it's like a, um, Knight Rider kind it's of. Kind like, of super dumb. Super dumb. But it's like an F1
0: steering wheel. But my car biggest has like
1: a one, like. A one and a half turn turning radius. My biggest fear with that was that other manufacturers are going to be like, "Well, we need to take sales away from Tesla, so we're going to start putting yoke steering wheels in our cars." I just want a good wheel that doesn't whiff off the window while, <laughs> without <Whiff laughs> the window <laughs> while <I'm> driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have not watched, um, uh, I think you should leave. <laughs> yeah, that's a reference to that show, and the show is. I assume that if you're friends with us and listen to us, you probably have a similar sense of humor and you'll enjoy that show. Um, or yeah. not. I don't care. Or not. I don't <laughs> care. We enjoyed it. Um, anyway, Lexus announced that their new uh, RX, the SUV, and the electric version, is going to yeah. have a yoke. Right. Thankfully, it's going to be optional, but still, it's going to have a yoke
0: have you ever there's a great video of uh our friend ethan tufts driving a kit car replica okay with a yoke steering wheel and he's like it's terrible like
1: how do you oh kit like night rider Kit
0: like night rider. rider yeah
1: like i heard kit but... car replica and i was like replica of what a cobra uh but like, kit, kit how do you park car. it you can't say kit car because kit is the good guy and car is the bad guy
0: I've never seen the show. Ugh,
1: what kind of, I never guy, actually you?
0: watched it. I just know it from
1: pop culture. So Kit is the Knight Industries two thousand K I T T. Okay, okay. And Carr was the evil version of Kit, <laughs> and it was K A R R. I do not remember what it stands for because I'm not that big of a fan. It was um, more of a chips. That's what I liked. The chips is before our time, though. Knight Rider is our. Yeah, but Chips was
0: on in syndication when I was a kid, so I would always watch it. So Chips. was Knight Rider. <laughs> I, I never liked it. I liked Chips better.
1: Yeah, no, I was never a huge Knight Rider fan yeah. either. I just Chips happened to know cooler. the facts. And I definitely um, I agree with you. Chips was on at like 2.30 when you got home from school. Right. Yeah, on USA Network. Mm-hmm. Or TBS, one or the other. Probably USA. I think it was USA. I, I blame Chips for my love of terrible 70s cars. Because oh. they were fodder. They were like cannon fodder in that show. So many cool 70s cars were just rolled over pointlessly and driven them in the back of hay trucks that spontaneously combusted every time. What was... So many of them.
0: What was his par- partner's name? Was it John?
1: It was, uh, was Frank, Frank Pontcharello and John... Crap. John.
0: Anyway, John always wore the yellow gloves, right? There was Well, they both wore
1: gloves because they rode motorcycles.
0: Those yellow work gloves, like kind of looking things. Uh, I don't remember specifically. All right. There was literally a guy using those as like driving gloves, and I was like, <laughs> those like heavy leather gloves, like the ones so, that like
1: line menus? use. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm into okay. it. Okay. Whatever. Whatever works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there were so many episodes of that show where they just destroyed countless cars. Like oh. <laughs>
0: There's no such thing as a rear-ending accident. You roll over, you flip, and roll over the car. Right.
1: If you them. rear-end somebody, you launch through the air like Evel Knievel. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely it was definitely over the top. It was not a good show, but I was into it for the cars. Oh, it was a great show. I do remember an episode that might also say something about my like love of rally and stuff in the future because there was a episode where there was like a British car club that was doing a TSD. And one of the guys involved in the TSD also happened to rob a bank during the TSD. <laughs> so they were trying took a to like time
0: allowance for the bank robbery?
1: Yeah, they were trying to catch this guy in a blue Mid- MG midget with flames on the side. And those images are still in my head to this day for some reason. But yeah, maybe that's maybe that's why. You guys get maybe, lost. Maybe it, all comes, the bank. maybe it all comes down to chips. My love of seventies cars and TSD rallies we a so, freeze frame at the end of this podcast. Yeah. we <laughs> Laughing. <laughs> I can't do it. I tried. I can hear it in my head, but I couldn't replicate it. Sorry to the entire audience for that one. <laughs> anyway, I think that's an episode. Andrew, what do you think?
0: Sounds good to me. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. I appreciate everyone. Follow us on, uh, Auto off topic on face, on off topic podcast on Facebook, on off topic on Instagram, uh scale autocast on instagram <laughs> we are working on that we promise uh we we'll got some stuff yeah going. it's been it's been so it's been
1: very hard to get this once a week episode done so
0: <laughs> yeah it's coming it's coming and uh follow me race and anger on instagram uh i'm also on twitter race and anger a lot of topics on twitter too Not as active but it's there um
1: is there anything else i think that's it brad where uh, can they find you you can find me on instagram at tsis 350 Alright, cool. So as
0: always, keep cars analog, and uh, aim for the road.